Last week, we were talking about the fact that because this is the Christmas season and obviously uh, you can identify that very quickly by all the Christmas lights and everything, uh, I felt God wanted me to touch base upon the light. And we saw from the Gospel of John where John the Baptist, when he came on the scene, the people thought that he was the light that they were been waiting for. Now, when we look at the word light in the Bible, it's representative of spiritual understanding and life. Those are the two basic ingredients of what light represents in the Bible. And they thought that John was the light that had come from God, but John said, no, I am not the light. I came to testify of the light. In fact, John went on to say, I came to point the finger and show you who the true light is. And that was, of course, Jesus Christ. And so we saw that Jesus Christ is the true light in that he is the one that gives us true spiritual understanding and life. And so we realize that when we embrace Jesus Christ as our Savior, when we acknowledge that we have sinned before God and we need forgiveness of our sins and we've embraced the sacrifice that Jesus did on the cross for us, we become Christians. And as Christians, the Bible says we're transferred from the kingdom of darkness, which is simply the absence of Christ, the absence of spiritual understanding and life. And we are transferred into the kingdom of light, which is the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And so we now are called the people of the light. And the Bible exhorts us to live as people of the light. And we, we continued on and saw that in order to live as people of the light, of the true light, meaning Jesus Christ, then we have to uh, devote ourselves to carefully determining what pleases him. And we saw how it's very easy to live our life based upon our own personal light, what we think is right, what we think is life. It's very easy to live our life based upon this world's light. In other words, what, what this uh, society uh, teaches us, what this culture teaches us is life, is right and good and true. Uh, and so we realize that there's all of these other lights around, but we are called to be children of the true light. And so we need to make sure that we carefully determine what pleases the Lord, and then we got to do that. And then when we do that, we become children of the true light. Now, in continuing that thought, I want to just build on there and add another layer to that this morning. I thought about the fact that most homes are decorated with lights, uh, lights outside, lights on the inside. Uh, uh, I was talking with, you have to pray for the Gerard family. Pastor Evelyn and her husband Kevin have five Christmas trees. Yeah, right? Isn't that crazy? Bah humbug. I'm getting into character. You got to get ready. We got to get ready. I'm going to talk about that at the end on the announcements. But I thought about that. Five Christmas trees. 
I just, I just thought shaking when I just very thought of just putting out one. But anyway, I thought, what about our homes? We've got a lot of lights in our home. But does our home reflect the true light? That's the question that came to my heart so strongly. And so I want to look at that uh, with you this morning. And I'm going to turn to Ephesians chapter 5. Because Ephesians we were t- is where we saw about how we have to carefully determine what pleases the Lord. And then we have to do that. And that's how we become children of the light. That's how we live and reflect the true light of Christ. So I'm going to read from chapter 5. Beginning in verse 21. And further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. For wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of his wife as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body The church, as the church submits to Christ, so wives should submit to your husbands in everything. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her. Now I'm going to drop down to verse 31. As the scripture says, a man leaves his father and mother And is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. This is a great mystery, but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. So again I say, each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Now chapter 6, the first four verses. Children, Obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. For this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you and you will have a long life on the earth. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. Okay, so now we want to look at what does it mean for our homes to reflect the true light? And so now in the book of Ephesians, the Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he begins to lay out the blueprint of what it means to have a home that is structured according to God's word to reflect that true light. And notice the criticalness of this is that is the foundation that we have to recognize why this is so important. And that is that marriage symbolizes, it represents the relationship between Christ and the church. Marriages represent the relationship between Christ and the church. Now, if you are not married here today, uh, I still want you to pay close attention because perhaps one day you will be married if you aspire to be married. Uh, If you don't, well, God bless you. Uh, 
you're not, you've not sinned, you're not crazy, uh, but I want to make sure that we all have a, a fresh reminder, if you will, of what the home is intended to be, that as God designed it in his blueprint, that will truly reflect the light of Christ in it. So, are you ready for me? All right, let's start with the wives. The Bible says, so this is not me, ladies. Don't pick up your stones and get ready to stone me. The Bible says, wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. We have to pray for Brother June. He will not be making it past his service today. See, this word submit for most of us, has a negative connotation, especially so for many wives. It, but now, the word submit means to come under authority, to, to be obedient to that authority. So now, we need to look at Genesis chapter 3, verse 16, where the Bible says, to, God is speaking now to Eve, your desire will be for your husband, and he will, what? Rule over you. So God now tells Eve, uh, uh, the first wife, and uh, the one that is the blueprint for all to follow, is God saying now, okay, you're going to desire your husband, but now here's the new government I'm establishing. Here's my blueprint for the home. Your husband will rule, or that word rule simply means to govern. Your husband will govern over you. It is God's blueprint, God's structure and order that the husband has been given authority from him, which also, by the way, means the responsibility to rule or govern over his wife. Now, that doesn't mean it's a dictatorship in the home. And only the wife said, right. I knew this would be one, uh, him against her, but I think it's important that we really hear the right balance of this. See, it doesn't mean it's a dictatorship. It means that God has given the husband the authority, the responsibility to govern, to rule, to make final decisions in the home. But he's also given that husband a wife to be his helper, to be his counselor. You see, a wise husband will recognize God has given me the responsibility to make decisions for my home and over my wife, but he's also given me my wife to help me make wise decisions. So it, I would be wise to listen to her, to receive her input and consider it before I make a decision. Now, notice that in verse 33, if you could put verse 33 back up onto the screen, a wife is to respects her husband because we're, the wives are in charge to respect their husband. And wives, listen to me. Husbands equate respect through the lens of submission. Now, again, I'm not talking about submission in a negative context. In other words, you can't tell me as my wife that you respect me, but then you don't listen to the decision that I make. It doesn't work that way. Then I wind up feeling disrespected. So wives, we 
Husbands receive that respect. They receive your respect by submitting to the God-given authority that they have. Notice, and you, you submit as to the Lord. When you submit to your husband, you're actually submitting to God. Only the men said amen again, see? Now, if you thought that was tough, put verse 24 up on the screen. Because there's one word here that every wife probably wishes wasn't in the Bible. Notice it says, as the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands in what? Why did the husbands all say that? In everything. Everything means everything. In other words, wives, you are submit to be submissive. You should be submissive to your husband. You should yield to the authority that he has, not just when you think he's right, but especially when you think he's wrong. You see, submission never really gets tested until you disagree. In other words, so long as I say what, uh, what Yvonne likes to hear, she submits. And I can say all that because she's with the kids now teaching. <laughs> and I know nobody here gossips and tells her. I know that. But you see, a wife to say, well, I'm agreeing with my husband. Okay, that's not submission. Not real submission. Some real submission is I don't agree with him. But it's his decision to make, and I'll support whatever decision he makes. See, the submission really gets tested when you disagree. And so the, wife, the Bible says, wives, submit to your husbands in everything. Now, of course, the one exception of everything is if your husband wants to do something that is sinful, outright sinful according to the Bible. We're not called to do that. But I don't think that that's the issue for the most part. You see, in the light that this world projects, especially here in this country, there is a light that says, there is no way I'm going to be doing that. Many, many years ago, eons ago, where we all of a sudden had the women's rights movement, that ushered into this country, it, it erupted in uh, women now feeling, okay, I have rights, and this is, I, and, and I agree with that. Every, every woman, every wife has a right. But now, we need to be careful where that line is drawn, right? Because the Bible says, wives, you should submit to your husband in everything. But what if I think he's wrong, pastor? Submit to him. That's what the Bible says. You don't have a choice. You don't get to decide whether I'm going to submit in this or no, I'm not going to submit to that. Well, but, but he, Pastor, you don't understand. He wants to get a bigger TV. I don't, we don't need a bigger TV. <laughs> submit to him in what? Come on, why say it. Everything. I'm saying all that because I want a bigger TV, so I'm just setting my wife up, you see. I'm fooling around and kidding, but this is so critical. The reason why the true light of Christ doesn't shine in our homes 
is because we have the light of the world in our home and not the light of Christ. We, we have been conditioned to say, I'm going to listen to you so long as you do what I want you to do. As long as I'm in agreement. Because nobody's getting over on me. And so we have the light of the world. Child, don't let that man get to your money. You have your own money. Because you never know. If he leaves you, you want to be taken care of. And so right from the jump, we have people entering into marriage and they're already divided. Because they listen to the light of this world. Are you following where I'm going with this thing? That we have things that go on. Listen, there is no such thing as a perfect marriage. Every marriage is a work in progress. Marriage takes work. And the reason why marriage takes work is, first of all, and we're going to get to the husbands in a moment, but notice the wives, you have to get to that place where, where the grace of God enables you and you submit to your husband in everything. Because when you submit to your husband, you are actually submitting to the Lord. And if you desire the true light of Christ to be reflected in your home, it begins with you submitting to your husbands. Now to every husband that's here. The Bible says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave up his life for her. You see, in the home, the husband represents Christ. And the way Christ demonstrated his love for us, he went to the cross at Calvary. He surrendered his life as a demonstration of just how much he truly loves us. And like Christ, we are called upon to love our wives to the measure that we die for her. Now, what does that mean? This is, in my 30-plus years of pastoral counseling, this is the most difficult thing for a husband to get. And most of the times, I don't have too many husbands coming to see me for counseling because 90% of my counseling and marriages deals with the husband. Because this is the area that husbands struggle with the most. The Bible tells me that I'm to love my wife, Yvonne, the way Christ loved the church, and I'm supposed to die for her. And what that means is what I want doesn't matter. What I need doesn't matter. I'm supposed to live my life for one thing and one thing alone. What does Yvonne need? What does she desire? I live my life for her and not for myself. Oh, it got quiet in here. Wise, that was a good place for you to say a few amens in there. You see, loving my wife and dying for her means it's not about loving anyone else other than my wife first. It's all about her. Loving my wife means I am going to Put her above loving my mother. Mm. 
Some of you are like, that ain't going to happen. You know, mom is, you know, mom and then my wife. No, if that's the case, you're not loving her the way Christ loves the church. Because to Christ, the church came first and always does come first. And in marriage, your wife always has to come first before family members. Your wife has to come first, listen, before your children, if you have children. I've seen situations where wives are miserable. Why? Because they know my husband loves my children more than he loves me. We've got it reversed. And we think, well, what does she want? I, I live for my children. I take care of my children. And that's all wonderful and good. But that's your light, not the true light. And anytime you live by the true light, uh, you get life and spiritual understanding. But when you live by your own light, you have death. For the Bible says that there is nothing that makes the earth more, tremble with fear more than a wife who doesn't feel loved. She'll make you miserable. She'll make the world around her miserable. And so when I, when I get, do marrow counseling and the husband comes in huffing and puffing and we got these problems, we got these issues, I always look at, are you loving your wife the way Christ loved the church? Are you dying for her? Are you living your life for her and only her? Because that's what Jesus did. He surrendered and said, it's not about me. It's about my wife. It's about what she needs. And I'm going to live my life to meet that need. Now, here's what the light of the world will tell you. If you live your life to meet your wife's needs, she's going to run rampant around you. She's going to get over on you. Man, she's going to be shopping all over the place. What's wrong with that? Don't you want a good-looking woman? Dress well? I do. Come on, somebody. Come on, wives. I'm helping you out here this morning. See, again, we go back to the light of this world says, you have to keep your marriage in such a place so that your spouse doesn't get over on you. And when we live our life, when our marriage is structured around the light of this world, we get death. But when we are able to shake that off and say, no, I'm going to follow the true light and I'm going to be just like Christ. I want everyone to know. You know, my dad, I, God bless him. He's with the Lord right uh, now. But my dad wasn't even a Christian when, as a teenager, he got us together, six children, and he told us, if any of you ever disrespect my wife, you will be out of here before you can blink your eyes because that's my queen. And no one in this house will disrespect my queen. I admired my father because he made it clear numerous occasions that no one and nothing in life was more important than his wife. Brothers and sisters, husbands, listen to me this morning. If you desire the true light 
of Christ to shine brightly in your home? You want the, the, the reflection of Jesus Christ to be in your home? Love your wife the way Christ loved the church. And here's a special note I want to leave with you guys. Every husband, listen. The church submits to Christ because we know that Christ loves us. And he demonstrated that by dying. I've discovered that it's easier for a wife to submit to her husband when she knows that he loves her and that there's nothing in this world more important to him than her. Then her heart is tenderized to say, I know that he loves me and everything that he does is because he loves me. He doesn't always get things right. See, because there's no such thing as a, a perfect marriage. I'm the closest thing to a perfect husband you're going to see. <laughs> but if Yvonne were here, she might have a different opinion. <laughs> Every husband makes bad decisions from time to time. No one's perfect. What helped me out years ago, when I was a... Uh, the executive pastor in New York, most of you know my, my pastor, Pastor Durso. I was, I was, as the executive pastor, I was called to help him make right decisions for the church. And so to do that, I, he wanted me always to express clearly to him what I felt about something. Any project that we had in mind of doing things, that decision that we had before us, he would ask me, Carlos, what, what do you feel we should do? And he would listen. And then he would process it all. He said, let me pray and get back to you. And in the end, he would make a decision. And there are times where he uh, did not go in the direction I felt we should have gone. He said, Carlos, I heard you out. I prayed, but this is what I feel to do. And we would go in that direction. Uh, and there are times that it was wrong. There were times where I counseled him to do something and I wound up being wrong. And we both realized something very quickly in the ministry. Neither one of us are right all the time. But if we honored the positions and what God had called us to do and worked together, we'd had God's blessing. And so... Like husband and wife, I was his wife, if you will, in the ministry. I shared with him, I counseled with him what I thought, but then I gave him that position, said, whatever decision you make, pastor, that's the decision we're going to go with. And no one in the, in the staff or in the church knew that I, I agreed differently with him because I always took the position, if whatever decision he makes as the one that God's put in charge, then that must be the right decision, and what I'm thinking must be wrong. And that way, I embraced that. And when, if it turned out wonderful, right, wonderful. If it turned out wrong, wonderful too. Okay, Pastor, that was wrong. Let's get it right. That's, that was his position. Carlos, we got, I got it wrong. What do we got to do to get it right? It's the same thing in the home. Wives, submit to your husband and everything. He's not always going to get everything right, but that's the authority God has established. Don't be afraid to embrace and submit to the authority God has put over you in, in your life. It's for your good when you do that. You get God's blessing when you go God's way. And so, husbands, 
Man, you want a, a wife that will honor and respect you? You want a wife that, that will yield to you uh, to making decisions and that will in turn give you the respect and the honor you're looking for? Then love her as Christ loved the church. Now, children. Notice the Bible says, children, obey your parents or parent if you're a single parent here, for this is the right thing to do. Children, give honor to your parents. Give respect to your parents. And we do that through obedience. Now, I can tell you growing up, I just talked about how my dad loved my wife, my mom, passionately. My dad was a very unique individual in that he was so old school. He was old school before there was any a phrase called old school. And my dad was incredibly stubborn. So if my dad said, this is not red, this is yellow, the whole world will fall apart before you'll get him to change his mind. Once he made a decision on anything, it was done, period. And there were times where my older brother, who was just like my father, he would get in my father's face, and he would argue with my dad. Now, because he had asthma and he was very sickly growing up, my dad always had a soft spot for him. Because if anybody else ever got in his face, we'd get a beating. But somehow Bobby never got that beating, and he would argue with my father. And I would tell Bobby, Bobby, why are you do arguing with that? You're not going to change his mind. He goes, yeah, but right is right. I said, but if you just leave him alone, it's fine. Just go on with your life. Listen to what he's telling you to do, and just do it, whether you like it or not, whether you agree with it or not, whether it's wrong or not. Just let dad be dad. Today, we have children that are lived by their own light and the light of this world. We have children taking parents to court. We have children who are disowning their parents because, well, my parent doesn't let me live the life I want to live. The Bible says, children, obey your parents. Honor them. Don't dishonor your parents. Don't raise your voice at your parents. There are times where I see some children, I saw one child once actually smack their mother. And at that moment, I was praying, could we go back to Old Testament times? <laughs> you know, in the Old Testament, if a child ever disrespected a parent, they were to be stoned to death immediately. I'm just carrying my heart. You, you, I just want you to know my heart is wicked. I, I, I see stuff like that, and I, I like, ah, God. But in some ways, you know, I, I get concerned because the Bible tells us that if we are to raise up our children in the way that they should go, oh, I got to get to that one and as I get ready to close. Pastor Jason, I know I'm running a little late, so if you would come. But... Children, if we desire to see God's true light reflected in the home, you got to honor your parents. You're not always going to agree with them. You're not going to like the decisions that they make, but honor them. 
And then, listen, for parents or single parents here, the Bible says don't provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Make sure that you are parenting them in a biblical fashion. Because the Bible says, goes on, raise them with the discipline and the instruction that comes from the Lord. Don't follow the light of this world. The light of this world is totally contrary to the light of God's word. Did you know that? This book, God's word, teaches us how to be a good parent. This book says, hey, if your child needs the rod of discipline, apply it. God says that. But what does the light of this world say? Don't you put a hand on that child. You talk to that child. Well, we have a choice. Parents, are you going to listen to the light of this world? If you think the light of this world is more enlightened than God's word, you're going to raise up a child in the end that's going to be disrespectful. Because the Bible says it's the rod of discipline that drives out foolishness. I thank God my dad believed in the rod. It wasn't abusive, but there were times where we acted and did things that we knew were wrong, but we did them anyway. And it's the rod of discipline that drives that foolishness out. And the Bible says this, and by the way, all of this is aimed at the fathers. The fathers, train your child up in the instruction that God gives. Which means, fathers, take the time to get into God's word. And let the word of God be that true light that guides you on how to raise your children. You be the godly example for them. Don't let your wife be the one who teaches at home. Don't let your wife be the one that raises up your children on, on spiritual matters. No, you're charged by God to, to be the one that follows his guidance on, for, to, for your children. And I believe with all my heart that if we, by the grace of God, can embrace this, we will see the true light in our homes. Matthew chapter 5, if you would just stand with me. Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. Jesus said, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. This Christmas season, families are going to be gathered. Some of them don't know Jesus. And they're going to be gathering in our homes. Don't we want the light of Jesus to be in our homes? How can we be a light in this world if we don't have the true light in our homes? It's got to be there first. It's got to be reflected there first so that those who enter into our home will come to that realization. This home has the true light. I want what they have. Pray with me. Gracious Father, we come before you this morning. Lord, we thank you that Jesus Christ 
is the true light. He and he alone is the one that brings genuine spiritual understanding and life. And we want to be those who, uh, children, who, uh, those people who are people of the true light, who live in the light. We want our homes to be a reflection of the true light. And so I pray, as I've shared your word, Father, I pray now for all of us. I pray for every wife, oh God, that you will help them, oh God, to see, open their eyes to see that the best thing that they could ever do to produce this true light in their home is to be submissive to their husband in everything. Because when they do that, they're actually submitting to you. And your presence, your blessing is drawn when there is obedience to your word. I pray for every husband, Father, that we will love our wives as Jesus Christ loved the church. That we would spend all of our energies, all of our times, God, uh, just loving on them, discovering what is it that she needs, what is it that she desires, and putting her first and no one else there. I pray that all the children would walk in obedience to their parents, to honor their parents in their home so that it would go well with them. There's a promise connected here to long life when we are walking in obedience to our parents. I pray that every parent here would raise their children up in the instruction that you give. God, in all these areas, we're talking about having uh, uh, this kind of life in our homes, oh God, that truly reflects the light of this world, Jesus Christ. And I pray this blessing over everyone here this holiday season. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. And amen. Come on, one more time.